You know, when, when, when you fast forward a young guy's life like Harlan, about 10 years, it takes me to this story I read about these three young boys that were talking about how great their dads were. And you know, when little guys get about 10, their dads are like giants. And for those of you that are dads, uh, rise up to that the best you can by God's grace during that time. You have that moment. But they were talking about what their dads did for work. And one little guy said, well, my dad is a poet. And he can just scribble out a couple of lines. And when he gets it done, someone gives him $50 for just a couple lines. And the other little guy, he looked and he says, well, my dad, he is a um, songwriter. And he just writes this little song and he gets $100. And the other guy was standing there a little bit, hanging his head. And he says, well, what's your dad? He says, my dad's a pastor. And he scribbles out some stuff on paper and eight people go down the aisle to collect the money. But what we're going to talk about today is our dad. And he does more than that. And that's what's so beautiful about the gospel of Jesus Christ and where we're looking at in the Word of God today. And the title of this message that I want to leave with everyone is Assurance is the very greatest insurance you'll ever have. And as we look in the Word of God today, we're going to see John touching in several different areas like he does. He goes into love and fellowship and abiding in Christ and all kinds of relationships. But all of a sudden, several times in his teachings, he lingers in assurance. Believe. Believe God is able. And it is the greatest form of insurance you'll ever know. And I don't even have to tell you about insurance, really. Probably everyone here could tell me more than I could ever tell you. But there's times because of all the years in business and even in working in church life that I could write a book on insurance from indemnifications to claims made to accruals to gaps and all the theories that go there. But as we look today at the truth of the word of God that John is going to linger on in the last part of 1 John chapter 3, we are going to see the tremendous assurance we have in Christ. And I think it's easy to say, yeah, I know that, but. But yes, we know it, but. But let's grab it. Let's hold on to it. Let's don't let go of it. Because often, one of the front lines of the battle of the enemy is to begin to challenge our assurance in Jesus Christ. He will come in a lot of different ways and attempt to do that. And as we begin to read here, I'll just take a couple of verses, beginning in verse 18, that two weeks ago we left, as then we went up to Washington, different people said, did you have a, a good trip? We did. We were active with, with many people, and I'm going to put a couple of people's faces up there today that, with great testimonies that have just blessed me so much later today. But, but really, the one thing I really wanted to do in Washington, because I missed all of apple harvest, it was the first time in 18 years. And I wanted to go up there and get one apple, one golden delicious apple off of the tree in a cold morning that was really ripe and just pull it off and eat that apple. And I, I did that and I took about two bites of this is fantastic. I, I got to go in and give it, give it to Debbie. Debbie, you've got to taste this. This is so good. And what happened is she ate more of the apple than me. <laughs> and I went back and got another one. 
but it's been cold there. It's been really, really very cold. But as John is lingering here in verse 18, he says, you will remember with me two weeks ago, we, we ended here, little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but with deed and in truth. And, and here John is speaking about a genuine, authentic love that is within us, that is not feigned, it is not projected, it is not it is very real. It is very authentic. It, it is that which just is a part of who we are. And as we look further into this very teaching that John is going to take us to of assurance, we're going to see that it is so tied to love within our hearts. But it is so necessary for us to be a vital Christian that we grasp and claim the assurance that we have in Jesus Christ. If we let go of it, the enemy will come in like a flood. He will hit us all different kinds of ways, and he'll do many kinds of, of uh, amazing little tactics with us. 19 John writes, We know by this that we are of the truth and will assure our heart before him. Here comes that assurance. When we know we're of the truth, there is within the Christian a quiet understanding and a belief that God is everywhere and he's got us. And he's not going to let go of us as we walk by faith. We're going to see him leading the way. And John, notice what he says, we will know. 17 times in 1 John, John takes that little phrase, we will know. He writes this in various levels at different times. But what he's saying is, I want you to get this clearly. You need to know. We say, well, I don't want to boast. No, we boast in the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't want you to be proud. No, we're proud of our Father. I don't want you to be arrogant. No, but we have confidence in Jesus Christ. And that is what John is writing of here. As he comes to this, this place, he says, we will know by this, by what? that as we love others genuinely, we're, we are in the truth and will assure our heart before him. The word assure is pithio. It is being persuaded. It is relying on. It is stimulating. It is urging along, walking along and saying, we can do it together. See, assurance is contagious. Assurance is. It will draw others to Jesus. It will reach out and give other people hope that we may not think they have or they may not have whatsoever. This is what assurance does within our heart. And John says, we have this assurance in Jesus Christ. And I'm here today to say, by God's grace, do not let go of it. Because what the enemy wants to do is he wants to bang on every single door here and create doubt and distrust and fear and failure and say, but Lord, I blew it this week. I messed up. Guess what? I did too. But God, by his grace, and we're going to see this today, God, by his grace says, but I'm going to give you an assurance that as you believe this by faith and you walk in this, you're going to rise in an amazing way, but you're also going to serve this great truth. It's the greatest insurance you'll ever have. One time I got notified by my insurance agent that I didn't have any insurance for the past year. And I said, Alice, you got to be kidding. 
here's my check. Here's my canceled check. She says, I, just, I forgot to bind the coverage. I was in a business that was very highly litigated, very, very, one of the most, sometimes I could only find two agents. One time I found one agent, all of America, that would insure me because we went through cities that were exceedingly liable with uh, pesticides, with herbicides to do treatments for weeds and people, people's dogs got sick and cats died and all these things. But with it, the very best insurance you'll ever get will let you down. The very best work of the flesh you will ever be engaged in will let you down. What the word of God teaches is we're not strong enough and neither is those that are around us strong enough to so secure us in a world that is so uncertain that we can chart a safe course in confidence every day of the week. All you gotta do is watch Fox News. That's all you got to do. And all you see is fear and uncertainty and problems that we cannot explain or understand. But as John is here, he says, we will know by this that we are in the truth and will assure our hearts before him. And John is saying, I'm writing this to you so you can lock on. Not with a false sense of security, but a security that is locked completely in the Lord Jesus Christ a security that will not fade away regardless of what comes into our life in so many ways. You know, I remember when GPS first came out and for many years, Deb and I would go someplace looking for directions and, and Deb was always so good for me and she still is today, but the way she'd always say, just pull over and ask directions and I'd say, they don't know any better than I do, Deb. Why pull over and ask directions? But all of a sudden, we finally got this GPS, and myself and a colleague was going to Seattle. And we plugged in the address, and I thought, this is all over now. We're going to get there. And we got downtown Seattle. For those of you who, know, who live close to Seattle, we were very close to the wharf. We were very close to Pike's Market. We were just up from the Space Needle, and we were doing a circle with our GPS. <laughs> and we just kept circling. And we just kept circling. And we could not get to the point of reference. Many times Christians do that. That is why John is writing this. That many times we just kind of circle. We go through mazes and hazes. We live in this if, wonder, how about, question marks. We put question marks in the word where God doesn't put question marks. Just like the saint and he comes and says, hold it, didn't. Did God really tell you, Eve, that this, should not, should, this, this would really happen? But John here says, no, we're going to put a period down today. That in Jesus Christ, you have an assurance that's stronger than any insurance you'll ever be able to grab. And he's saying, I want you to get this because when you look at the martyred church, the persecuted churches of China and India and Russia and the third world, but even within America, we have persecuted believers. What keeps them going? The insurance of Jesus Christ that is the greatest assurance that will ever be. It trumps everything. Nothing is even close. And when you compare the dads, he's out of this world. He's the very best. But let's look, let's look at this, uh, this verse again. By this we know that we are of the truth 
and it will assure our hearts before him. And here comes that assurance. Sometimes we need a health check. I'm one of those guys, and just a confession for all of you, God has blessed me with good health, but I kind of run from the doctor because I think maybe when I get there, he's going to find something out that I don't want him to find out. And probably many men here and women too can, can probably uh, identify with that in some way. But there's that place in which we need a checkup. We need the vitals checked within our spiritual life. And John does that as he's writing here. Paul does this in Corinthians when he says, I want you to examine yourself if you're in the faith. How are your vitals? How are your spiritual eyes? Where's your heart? Where is your strength right now? Is it in the Lord Jesus Christ? Or is it in, in uh, the new exercise gym you came to with the formula that's coming out of that? And the word of God teaches something so important here. And that is that our strength is in Jesus. And John is driving at that right here. Verse 20, he says, in whatever our heart condemns us, for God is greater than our heart and knows all things. And what he's acknowledging here is the heart can condemn us. There's this little if that can come in through the whisper of the enemy into our ear. And I have been amazed over the course of time how many places we can get trapped up just listening to a little lie for a little bit. And he just keeps whispering it. Now notice what John says though. And if what, in, in verse 20, if whatever our heart condemns us, for God is greater than our heart and knows all things. You know what he's saying? What I'm writing about transcends the emotions of daily life. What I'm writing about overcomes those times when we are struggling because it just isn't working. We've got a relationship problem. It's not working in the job. We're not really getting, and, but the word of God says something so powerful here to latch onto when we're looking at assurance. And it says, God is greater than our heart. God is more powerful, meaning his word is more true than all the words that would ever be uttered that we would listen to that said, hold it, maybe you're not gonna make it. You see, it's not about being in the right church. It's about having the right relationship with Jesus Christ. It is about having that, that so locked on in Jesus that regardless of what comes, there is one truth that remains, and this is what keeps those martyrs going in these countries. And God has put us in the middle of many of them in the course of our ministry. And what, he, what, it, what they're doing is they are believing this truth, even though every family member is rejecting them. Every friend has forsaken them. They've been demoted from the job, and they're saying, God is greater than my, our heart. And this is what John is writing here as we look at this together. And this assurance is the greatest insurance we'll ever have. And as we look at this further, let's just, let's think of a couple of the saints of God. We're looking in John here. And in verses two of three of the same chapter, chapter he said this, beloved, now are we, are we children of God. We looked at this several weeks ago. And it has not appeared as yet what we will be. We still don't know, but we know that when he appears, we will be like him because we will see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. 
John just keeps driving this again and again. Here's Paul, 2 Timothy chapter, chapter 1, verse 12. Paul writing to Timothy, a spiritual son, for this reason I also suffer these things. You see, Paul was a persecuted saint too, and we won't miss it either. But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed uh, and am convinced that he is able to guard what I entrusted to him until that day. And Paul says, I'm not going to be ashamed of Jesus. God's got it. God is an amazing God that is doing so many things. This is Jude. Jude wrote a one, one chapter, and that was his whole book, and yet he hit really hard. He really did. He, he talked about all kinds of apostasy coming into the church. But when he reached the end of his writing, the end of that chapter, Jude 1 and 24, this is what he says. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory blameless with great joy. And Jude's saying, but God can do it no matter what's going on. And I want to bring us back there to every person here. I don't care what's going on in the marriage or in the home or on the job. It doesn't matter. Claim this. God can do it. God can do it. God is an amazing God. He will do what we can't even imagine if we will just give it to him. Many years ago, I remember seeing a news clip, and there in that news clip was an earthquake that had just went over some part of U.S., I mean the world, and you, many countries have experienced tremendous quakes. But what caught me is I can't even remember where it was. The one thing I remember in that clip was they showed the live presentation of one hand rising out of the rubble and pointing up. One life saved. Do you know that every Christian is a living testimony of a hand rising out of the rubble? We're really a mess. We mess up, we stumble, we falter, we fail. But when our hand comes out of the rubble of shatters of humanity, maybe the rubble of our own home at some time, maybe the, the rubble of our own marriages, and all of a sudden we say, God, you're God. And I'm going to believe that. And I'm going to trust you. And it doesn't matter what everyone else is saying, you are sufficient. God does amazing things. But he's looking for hands to come up out of the rubble, just like that one survivor in that earthquake that the rescuers finally, found, finally saw and found. And what a blessing. Let's keep moving in this chapter, verses 21 and 22. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, before you remember, he said, if our heart does condemn us, let's remember God's greater than our heart. But if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. If our heart condemns us, and we remember God is greater than our heart, we can have confidence before God. We can get up in the morning and say, it doesn't matter what happened yesterday, by God's grace, here I am, God. I will put on my spiritual shoes, my, my sandals, I'll put on the armor breastplate of righteousness, and I will walk by faith and not by sight. I will live for you. And I love this because the word of God says here, here that we can have this confidence before God. This is a, this assurance that we're speaking of this morning that every one of God's children can lock into. Now, this is, this is for God's children. 
It isn't for the, children, the people that are not yet there yet. Someone in this church is not there yet. God knows and you do too. Because when you get here, you just kind of know. You try to grab it. And I, and I want to tell you, uh, we went up and we spent that week with our, with our family, five days, and it was a blessing. I was able to tap into the message here and I was really blessed by Terry's message. But what I tell you, you know, you know the highlight of that trip? It wasn't holding eight grandchildren, wrestling with them and doing all that. You know what the highlight was? Getting a clip later from our daughter-in-law as she took her grandchildren to see my son in Kentucky who stood before 75 men and gave a testimony of how he has met Jesus Christ face to face back in Kentucky. And the old hand rose out of the rubble and it's amazing. I don't think he's listened to one message here, but he says, where God spoke to me was in 1 John chapter 3. And a bunch of struggling men who, who are there because they struggle just began to applaud. And we just looked. And then he chose water baptism like we're going to have today, right there in front of 75 men that I want to put that stake in the ground. And I want to say, from now on, I'll follow Jesus. And I give this to us as an invitation. If there is anyone here, you might be a Christian, but maybe you have not followed the Lord to water baptism and you have not been obedient to the Lord yet there. Today, you can put a stake in the ground. I have watched several people in the course of times that I've been involved in baptisms, even here, that just come after services and all of a sudden say, guess what, Pastor John? There's two more, there's three more because it's a stake in the ground. And you say, God, I believe and I have confessed you before all these witnesses. And when the enemy comes in the door, I'm going to claim the promises of God. And this is what John is saying here. If our heart doesn't condemn us, we have confidence to God. And then I love this 22nd verse. Whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing his sight. Now I want to look at three results that come from an assurance in our heart. There are three clear results right here in these two verses that we can grab. The first is going to be we can have confidence in God. In the middle of all the messes that surround us, we can still have confidence in God through Jesus Christ. We're going to believe God. I love the story of Paul when the old ship was going down right off the coast of Miletus. And he turns and all the people are seeing the ship go down. And he says, but I believe God that there will be not one life here that's ever going to be lost, but just the ship. You know, sometimes... God must destroy the ships so that our confidence is only in him. Sometimes we get some pretty nice ships. God must destroy the ships so that our confidence is in him. But right here, John says it, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And as we do, we can ask what we will and we'll receive it from him. God will answer prayer through that confidence the power of praying to God with a confident heart has no equal. If we believe what we are praying, rather than saying, God, we're going to kind of toss it out there. If you want to pick it up, fine. But you know, I know you're God and I'm, I'm down here. But the word of God doesn't speak about that when he speaks about the widow that keeps knocking the door, that importunate widow who just would not let go. And that is assurance that God is. And when God is, God is enough. The second truth we have here that I want us to lock on this morning as we, 
as we enjoy assurance is we keep his commandments. An assured brother or sister in Jesus Christ will keep his commandments. I just want to walk with Jesus. He's my dad. Paul in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 12, here it is, he says, in whom we have boldness and confident access through faith in him. We keep his commandments. We say, Lord, I want to be on your side. I want to be on your team. If there's a choice between whose team I'm going to be on, you know, if I was a football player today and I'm not, I would like to be on the team that wins today. <laughs> Guaranteed. I would like to be on the team that goes all the way to the Super Bowl and wins the Super Bowl. What we're speaking about today in Jesus Christ and confidence in him is he won, so you win. He triumphs, so you triumph. And through him, these amazing things happen. He's our dad. He's our father. He, we're in his family. We want to do. And you know, God wants to get each of us away from this place. I got to do it because I'm a Christian. Oh, there's something on Wednesday night at the church. I got to go because we just got to go. No, we want to go. I had a brother one time, we were building a church, great pastor friend, he came in from another state and he says, John, our church isn't ready to give to you yet. Uh, all of our church, we're not sure, we just aren't sure where you're gonna be as a church and whether your spiritual life is quite like ours. And I said, brother, he's a great friend today. He says, don't give, because God wants you to give with a willing heart. That's one thing that I'm so blessed in here and I just want you to hear this from me as, as your pastor is, you may think it's a secondary thing that we just take an offering in this church. It isn't. I am surrounded by people from my office to all the elders that recognize that we are stewards of God's resources. What has been given to us, he wants to glorify and magnify his name. In the course of two years, there's no more debt in this building. In the course of two years, we walk with a balanced budget. We've had to make some hard decisions. We've had to ask ourselves as staff, is it a need or a want? Is it something we just got to have or is it what we just want to do? What does God want? But the word of God says we get the privilege to obey him, to live for him. It's that second thing we're gonna, we want to claim here. And the last thing, and I don't want to separate this, but because they're inseparable, is the third truth we find here is that we do those things that are pleasing in his sight. We want to do what God wants us to do. We say, well, that's just obeying him. But, but it's also, oftentimes obedience comes because within our heart, we want to bless dad, don't we? It's the same here. And when there's assurance in Jesus Christ, this is what happens. And God begins to do these amazing things in every life in so many ways. How many of you have been to Golden Gate Bridge? Raise your hand. I'm just curious because most people get to Golden Gate Bridge. If you haven't been there, really, it's, it's something on a, it, you could put it on your bucket list. It's amazing what's at Golden Gate Bridge. Uh, but Golden Gate Bridge was, was built in 1937. What's crazy is it, it costs $77 million to build the bridge. It costs more than that for the permits today. But they had two phases of construction. Phase one at Golden Gate Bridge was let's build phase one out 
And in phase one, they lost 21 lives. People tumbled off of the platforms and fell into the water. It stopped the project and they got ready for phase two and someone suggested something. They said, let's build the biggest net the world has ever built and put it underneath the building, the bridge. And they did, $100,000 it cost to build that net. It sounds really cheap today, really cheap. And you know what happened? People fell into the net instead of falling into the water and they lived. Another thing that was very interesting that I read was as that bridge was completed, the efficiency of production went up over 25% from phase one to phase two. And the reason was, there was the fear was gone. You had the net to catch you. Can I encourage us in Jesus Christ that he's got a very large net? And he's holding on to us. I know, I was thinking about that later, thought what would it be like if I was working in the bridge and I sat down to eat lunch the next day with the guy that fell over into the net the day before. I say, well, how was, the, how was the ride, you know? <laughs> Think you'd ever want to do it again? But the net caught him. You're here today because the net's caught you too. There's not a Christian on the face of the earth that hasn't been caught by God's great net. The word of God even says, if we say that we have no sin, we are a liar and the truth is not in us. There are places that we have thought and done and acted that the net of God caught us and brought us back to him. And out of that comes that hand that starts rising out of that rubble, praising God and thanking him. 23rd verse, this is his commandment that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. That's so, that's so beautiful because notice it's just like two, almost like identical twins. The commandment is to believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. This is what God says. This is what I want you to do. Now, if we have not believed and we want assurance, here we, we're getting it right here. The way to get assurance is to believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. But the second thing he gives here is to love one another as he commands us. You just can't separate belief and love. You, it doesn't work very long. I think some of us have got to a place sometimes where well, I believe, but the last guy I'm going to love is that guy, right? We've all been there. I'm not going to get taken anymore. Not going down that road ever again. And the word of God says, no, you're going to love like I loved you. Guess, where, guess how many times you took me? Guess how many times my net picked you up and gave you a shot of assurance and confidence in Jesus Christ and told you you can make it through Jesus. And John here just simply says, this is his commandment. Two things, we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. Matthew 22, verses 35 through 40, I will just read them. One of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him. Teacher, which is the great commandment of the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and all your mind. And then he stops, and one of them, and then here's what he says, in all your, 
This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. The second is it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. The 24th verse. We're still thinking about assurance as the greatest insurance we'll ever have. It's, it's that which God gives us. It's free. I used to get these bills. I would wait after they finally said, we can bind your coverage again, John. We can get it one more year. And it was, and it was exceedingly high. Maybe as high as, maybe few people in this room higher. But I would think, God, I'm going to be in business one more year. But I'm waiting for the bill. And when I got it, it would stagger you. You know, God gives us his grace freely. He gives us his assurance in Jesus because we believe on him. It is a tremendous gift. We don't earn it. We can't buy it. We cannot do this. But notice it says the one who keeps his commandments abides in him. Something happens as we keep the commandments of God and his assurance begins to grow within our life. We're just walking close to, closer to Jesus. We don't want to get out there anymore. We've been there. The net's caught us. We want to walk close to Jesus. And the word of God is saying here, we know by this that he abides in us by the spirit that he has given us. I've got a couple pictures that I want to put up here on the screen for you from our Washington trip. And you're going to think this is kind of crazy. Just three guys. The first picture is a picture of Don on the left and Steve on the right. I met Don in 2002. I bought my first apple orchard from Don. I had no idea the ministries that God would be working through this simple man who was just obedient to the word of God. He's 89 years old now. He's just about ready to go home. He's had a series of strokes. But we're in there visiting with Don and Steve is on the right. He farms the orchard and we're having lunch together. A great friend of mine, we've traveled to China together. He's in his low 70s and Don is 89 years old. He's just about there. And he wants to go. His wife, Jean, left here about eight years ago. He can't wait to get home. And he has been such a blessed friend. When Dev and I walked into his house and we chose to buy this place, the first book I saw laying on a shelf was my utmost, his highest. And I said, Don, how long have you been reading that? He says, about 30 years. But we got talking about a real good friend of ours named Cliff, one of the apple magnets of the entire Washington State. His family has been in the industry since the early, the latter 1800s, and Cliff is dying of cancer. I made the comment, it'd be nice if someone can get there, but they are so sequestered, there's just no way that anyone could get there. And Steve turned to Don and says, Don, you got there, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Someone took me. How did you get there? I don't even know. I just got there. And then Steve said, Don, did you have the chance to share the gospel? With, with Cliff. And here's what Don said. What else would you do? At 89 years old. What else would you do? Give us another picture. Went down the road and here's one of a dear friend that sat under our teaching for many years. Early 70s. He's going home too. He's in hospice. But I want you to get that smile that's on his face. Because God is just bringing person after person after person to his bedside. And the glory and joy of Jesus, because the assurance in his heart is just radiating out and blessing 
a multitude. I don't know where it'll be. I told him I probably won't make it. Told his wife, I probably, Mary won't make it to the memorial, but we're going to be there in spirit. But he's already home. Because he's found that assurance in Jesus Christ that is so precious. And the Lord was teaching it here to us today when he says, as we keep these commandments, we'll abide in him and we can have this confidence in Jesus Christ. We can be home with Jesus already. With Christ. Something happens, and I, I just referenced Don, and this is Alan, that happens when assurance is deep in our heart. And it just spills over to other people. You know, as I pray for this church every day, throughout the day, sometimes just in my truck, sometimes falling out on the floor over here in one, one of my little hiding secret places, there's one thing that just keeps coming back. This church can be such a blessing to so many if we're willing to go where God asks us to go. Just like Don, you know where Don spent most of his life? It just blessed me. God took him as a friend and showed me something that was so special. He just went to young pastors developing little startup churches and asked them if he could pray for them and if he could come once a week and pray for them. And a whole string of pastors are all lined up now that he's going to meet in heaven someday because this man was willing to walk with Jesus and go where Jesus was asking him to go. If you've got the assurance of Jesus Christ today, he doesn't waste his blessings. They overflow us. They go somewhere else. You know, my dad is really a pretty simple guy, but dad said something many years ago to me I never forgot. And we were talking one day, he says, John, if you ever receive the blessings of God, remember this, that he has somebody else in mind. For those of us at Calvary Chapel Surprise, he's got somebody else in mind. It's somebody out here in these streets. It's somebody on the job. It's somebody right now that might even be an enemy for Christ's sake. But as you take the spirit of God with the assurance of the Lord in your heart, and you leave this sanctuary today and say, God, I have you though. You have so much. And that nets over you to cover you, to protect you. You go where God calls you to go. And it won't be where God called Don to go or even Alan. Alan was a truck driver driving from Yakima to Seattle for many years. All the way, he'd just come back to church on Sunday and talk about people he shared Jesus with that week, sometimes over the CB. God's got an opportunity for everyone here. But I want to give you this because it's so important, it's so vital that the greatest insurance you're ever going to have is the assurance that's in Jesus Christ. And when you grasp that and hold that, in your heart, by faith that produces love, great things are going to happen wherever God takes you. This is what Jesus said as he left this world in Matthew 28, verses 8 through 20. Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Jesus says, I'm giving you this. I got it from dad, my dad. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Notice what happens, making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And here comes the assurance of God 
the, the confidence we can have in Jesus Christ that wherever God takes us, he's going to be there. And this is what he says, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. I won't leave you. If there is anyone here that you have listened to this message and you have said, you know, I don't get it quite yet. I, I've grabbed it. I just want to tell you, you're not alone. There's someone else here too. There is someone else here too. Because churches are full of unsaved people. They're not bad people. Many of them are good people. But if you're saying, I, this thing of a belief and a love that works like this, I don't quite understand it. Today's the day you can understand it. I want to encourage you to come forward wherever you are in this, this sanctuary. Don't let today go without responding to Jesus. Because what you have then is a peace that passes all understanding. He keeps your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. You have an assurance that's inheritance that's incorruptible. It's undefiled. It doesn't fade away. You've got the Lord Jesus, and he'll be with you to the end of the age. God bless you all. And don't let go of that one powerful truth that we have taken time today, and that is the assurance of Jesus is the greatest insurance you'll ever have. Claim it. God bless you. Lord Jesus, we, we want to just thank you for what you have done. And even though we've been speaking about that, that is so amazing, Lord, and there's so much to it. I also just want to acknowledge, Lord, that you're God and even the ways you protect us and keep us, but you redeemed us through your, the offering of your son at the cross who gave that perfect sacrifice that we could have life but we also could have it more abundantly, a life of assurance in Jesus. Oh Lord, I pray where or wherever there's someone this morning that doesn't have that, that your spirit would stir within their heart today. That they would come forward. They would come to you, Lord Jesus. It's not just about coming forward, but there will be prayer team leaders here. There will be those who will take all the time they need not only today, but as they leave this place, that that assurance can be affirmed because we are called to make disciples, Lord. You have asked us to go. We want to go and be your children. So Lord Jesus, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you teach. And we thank you, Lord, that through your son, Jesus, and the promises of your word that never fade away, and they are forever and ever that we can have assurance through God of our Lord Jesus, through our Lord Jesus Christ. And we can say thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.